Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right, you guys, today's episode is going to be a fun one. We're going to do a little bit of myth-busting, picky eating edition. Before we get into that, I'm going to read a written review submitted by one of you. It means so much to me when you leave me a written review. It's also how other moms like you find the podcast. So if you found it helpful, please just let me know, and then you'll also be spreading this podcast around with other moms just like you. All right, this one came from 66 Joanne Must Listen. It's five stars. Thank you, Joanne. Such wonderful information packed into a short podcast. Because you know life with toddlers, you don't have much free time. Can I get an amen? I like how she also kept her review nice, short, and sweet because mom life, right? Over 75% of moms who follow me over on Instagram report that they struggle to offer a variety to their picky eaters. Yet we know that offering a variety of foods is not only important for combating picky eating, but also vital for their overall health. Revamp My Rebuild and Expand Variety Meal Plan is designed to increase variety and exposures to new foods while decreasing your stress. This meal plan takes family staples and builds on them week by week to drastically increase the variety your little one is exposed to in just one month. What that means for you is you can have peace of mind knowing that you're serving them a variety of food while taking the guesswork out of it. Revamp uses methods I teach inside Table Talk like bridging and food chaining. And no, you don't have to understand these techniques completely because the system does it for you. It's a 70-page system with over 100 total recipes for breakfast, lunch, snacks, and dinner, plus my top tricks, favorite gear, and other fun surprises along the way. You can follow the rotation day by day for 30 days, or you can pick and choose your favorites to filter in on your own time. So if you're stuck in a rut with meals and want to try something new while also helping your picky eater eat a bigger variety, this system is for you. You can click the link in the description box below to grab your copy today. All right, now back to the show. All right, let's get into this. I've got a few myths for you today. So the first myth, and I bet you already know where I'm going with this, is that pressuring works. That's just a simple myth. Now, here's the thing, is that it actually does work. So is it a full myth? I don't know. It works for a period of time. It does not work long term, meaning that if you're focused on counting their bites, feeding them, bribing, begging, pleading, maybe you have a sticker chart, maybe there's some sort of praise involved or they earn something by eating new foods, this might work for a period of time for you, but oftentimes, if not every time, this leads to pickier and pickier eating. In fact, let me see if this sounds familiar. Maybe your little one is not eating their dinner and this is the very first time you've tried this trick and you're like, hey, three more bites and then we can have some ice cream. And your little one's like, great, three more bites, goblet it up, I get my ice cream, we're good to go. But then maybe you continue doing this little trick and then over time they're like, no. And you're like, wait, 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 what? No. Do you? Did you mean no? And they're like, yeah, 
no. And then you're like, fine, just two more bites. Fine, just one more bite. Okay, just lick it. And then we'll have some ice cream, right? Like we have to essentially ask for less out of them so that they can get more. I'll get you ice cream with a cherry on top and you can have, you know, stay up late or whatever it might be, right? The reward has to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And what we're asking them to do oftentimes even gets smaller and smaller. This is a great example that pressure doesn't work long term. This is the exact reason why I've developed a framework around low and no pressure techniques and strategies to use and why I teach it in my program, because pressure doesn't work long term, but there are ways that we can encourage our little ones to eat without adding pressure that just digs us in a bigger hole. All right. Myth number two is somewhere around the ballpark saying something along the lines of, oh, well, they won't starve themselves. So just feed them what you want to feed them. And eventually they'll be hungry enough to eat it. I bet this is advice that maybe we've heard from even pediatricians or mom friends or people, especially without picky eaters, they might even say this as, oh, I just put down food and they'll eat it. And here's the thing is that food is a necessity for life. So you are essentially telling your child, hey, choose life or choose this thing that is terrifying to you, that's bringing up anxiety, scaring you, worrying you, making you feel extremely uncomfortable. No one likes being put in that place. And I know that might sound dramatic, but this is what's happening on a cellular level for our little ones. They're getting anxiety around food. They're feeling like they're out of control. And we're essentially giving them no way out. It is a no-win situation. And it's essentially creating a trust break between you and your child. Now, especially if you're a table talker, you know how important keeping that trust and that bond between you and your child is, because if they can trust you with food, they will eat food that you provide. Breaking that trust by saying something or acting or the intent behind how you feed them is eat or starve does not create a strong trust bond with you. They don't feel safe around you. Does that make sense? I hope I hope this is making sense. I know that there's a delicate balance between leveraging their hunger in a natural way to encourage them to eat or come to the table and using hunger as a weapon to essentially make them choose. Now, here's what I do say, and I always recommend to at least offer one safe food. Remember, safe food does not mean favorite food. It means a food that they've reliably eaten in the past, meaning that they would be willing to eat this food, even if it's the only thing they ate to fill up their belly, to satisfy their needs. Remember, food is not optional. We need food to survive. So it is our job to provide that food to our little ones. Now, that doesn't mean we're catering to them. I talk a lot about this idea of being considerate, but not catering to them. Now, feeding them something that you know that they're not going to eat and not giving them any sort of options is not being considerate. But making them only what you know that they'll eat is being is catering, right? And so we want to find that delicate balance in between, giving them a little room to stretch, grow, try something new, but also making sure that they have something to fill up their bellies with. Okay, myth number three is if they didn't like it the first time, they will never like it. And this may not even be true just for the first time. A lot of times we tend to hold on to this myth, even the 20th time they've tried it or the 100th time. We just assume that, well, we all have food preferences. They're just never going to like 
broccoli or whatever it might be. Now, yes, this is true that we all have food preferences, but no, it's not true that if they don't like it today, it doesn't mean they won't like it tomorrow or in a different way. So we want to continue offering these foods. The only way that we can guarantee that our little ones don't like a food is by not offering it, not giving them an opportunity to try it and decide for themselves. So this is just simply a myth. All right, the final myth we're going to get into today is that picky eating is just a phase. It's nothing to worry about and they'll grow out of it, right? All of those sorts of things into one. You may have heard this from your pediatrician or from a friend, or maybe you've even thought it yourself for whatever reason, and it can feel really enticing to believe this myth. And we've likely seen kids who go through a picky phase and then just kind of grow out of it. Now, here's the thing. There is a small percentage of kids who go through picky eating as a phase and move directly out of it. But typically, when we dig down into it, it's not that they do that on their own. In fact, a lot of times parents are, whether or not they have purposely educated themselves or not, they are doing things that encourage their little one to come out of that phase on their own. So whether that's no pressure techniques, modeling the behavior, going through any of the things that I teach here on the podcast, even just subconsciously, that helps little ones dig out of picky eating. There's also predisposition to picky eating that just makes it worse for some kids, specifically maybe due to genetics or environment or how their parents were raised or how their parents are raising them around the table. There are a thousand different reasons for picky eating and why picky eating gets worse and worse. Now, here's the harm in believing that picky eating is just a phase and they're going to grow out of it and there's nothing we can do like, oh, throw our hands up, is that this is a very crucial time for our little ones to grow and develop, right? We know that especially those first five years, but really up through adulthood is a pivotal time in their development to grow their brain and their body. And we know that food plays a direct role in that. And so if we are just trying to survive off chicken nuggets and mac and cheese for years and years and years, it's guaranteed that our little ones are missing out on essential nutrients that's needed for them to grow and develop to their full potential. Now, I don't say this to scare anyone, but I do want parents to take this seriously. It can be something that's really easy for parents to say, oh, I was a picky kid. I turned out fine. And maybe that is true, but that doesn't mean that it's the rule that it will happen all the time. And it also doesn't mean that you got there by yourself. Likely your parents or people around you were doing things even unknowingly that helped move you from being picky to being more adventurous with food. We also likely know some adults here or there that are still picky even in adulthood, which really just goes to show that picky eating isn't always just a phase and that we'll just always grow out of it. So I say this all not to scare you. I do have podcasts talking about when to worry and why picky eating is so important. So I'd recommend going back and listening to both those episodes. But what I will say is we can't control everything around picky eating. But that being said, just because we can't control everything doesn't mean there aren't some things that are well within our control. And so what I recommend is leveraging the things that are in our control to help not only reverse picky eating, but move them out of that phase quickly and effortlessly. Because what research does show, and even in my personal experience with my table talkers, is the longer that our kids settle into picky eating, the longer and harder it is to get out. 
There's a lot of neural pathways that have been created and cemented that we need to start rerouting, and that takes time and effort and intentionality. So I always recommend getting started before you even think you need it, but that's a podcast for another day. All right, I hope this episode was helpful. And let me know, DM me on Instagram, Nutrition for Littles, if you'd like to hear a uh, myth busting episode for babies, because I think that'd be a fun one. All right, thanks for tuning in today, you guys, and I will catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.